Hi everyone, my name is Missy Owete. Welcome to season three of the Money Matters with Missy podcast. This season, we're going to be looking at things differently. We're going to go topical, so we're going to pick a topic and we're going to discuss that topic. Of course, it will be split into different episodes until we've exhausted or dealt with the topic. Also, I'm going to be giving you things that you should consider on your to-do list based on the book if God wrote my to-do list. So we'll look at one item every week to help us stay, stay focused on our goals. I hope you enjoy this. Listen, subscribe, share, like. On today's to-do list, um, the item or the thing we're looking at is pause before posting, pause before posting. And the reason why um, this is important is because a lot of times, especially with regards to social media, um, we react to things without looking at the consequences of what we're doing, the effects it might have on us, on others. Um, on people that will read the post. Um, I remember my when my son was starting sixth form, um, his school had a, a lecture on the consequences of social media and how, you know, the silly things that young people do could cost them a bright future. So all the, you know, um, obviously the things they do you know exploring social media and all the snapchat and all the weird and wonderful um videos they send around and then just following and liking um even just their friends who potentially could be linked with other people you know who um, are considered either a threat to security of the nation or are not ethical or are not in line with their potential employer. So something they've done when they were teenagers, catching up with them. And they actually showed examples, you know, of this because obviously your employer, before taking you on, look at your um, social media status, they will go look for you on Facebook and all the main public platforms and kind of like look at who your friends are and what your friends do and what their friends do and all of that and all of that and so they were encouraging these young people to be very very careful like look you're starting your life new be careful what you do um be careful what you post you know don't just be in the moment and just share and post anything and this applies to us as well you know um you have a lot of items on your to-do list be careful about your social media um, platform the things you like the things you respond to there are lots of things that you need to do on your to-do list but there are also a lot of things that you do not need to do you know and there's some stuff that there's some things that we need to do that we need to be careful about you know in a fast-paced world we tend to hurry and do stuff that we may have reconsidered 
if we had just slowed down for a moment. So stop and smell the consequences. Pause before posting. Hi everyone. Okay, so we're looking at pensions and my last episode I had a rant about um pensions. So I got all of that passion um I got all of that um passion and frustration out of the way. Of course, I might still rant as I go along. Um but yeah, let let's look at the pension itself. What is a pension? So usually when someone talks about pension, um, the first thing that comes to mind is the money that the retirees or people who are retired get, um, you know, after years of working, that is what, um, generally comes to mind. And yeah, again, it's a common term that, um, that people use, um, it's a common term that people use and if you say that you would not be wrong however pension comes from a latin word called pensio which means payment okay which means payment and um it's usually it is a fund into which a sum of money is added during an employee's um working years and then um payments are drawn out of you know to support that person when they re- when they um retire so when they stop working and i suppose that's why the word is from payment because you pay into it and then it pays out of at the end of your retirement um at the end of your retirement years okay and in my last postcard i, I said to you that um in a, the in the years of my great my grandfather my great grandfather um the family environment so their children was their pension you know um they bought land or whatever they owned land they would walk the land and um in their old age when they are unable to walk anymore their children and their grandchildren are still working on the land and their children and their grandchildren will be the ones that would potentially take care of them so they didn't have to worry about you know supporting themselves in their old age um and of course since the industrial age and technology and all of that um basically things are done a bit differently and so um the way it works now is that during your working years you put aside a small amount of money um or a portion of your money you put put that aside in the hope that um when you eventually stop working you can fall back on that fund to continue to um support you so there are different there are different ways a pension work um number one is the money you put in is the money that you get out plus any um, added value over the period in which you've invested um, another one is um, your you get a certain amount of money you know um, maybe I should just go into defining the different looking at the different types of of um, different types of um, pensions okay so 
um so we have what we called the defined benefit okay so we have what we call the defined benefit plan um and that's where a fixed sum is paid regularly to a person okay um at the end of the pension period okay and usually the way that would work is that you would contribute into the fund for a certain number of years of course when you're starting you kind of like try and figure out how much am i going to need to live on um when i retire based on how i'm living now you come up with an amount and then you're told okay for you for you to be able to achieve that is this and when do you want to retire you decide when you want to retire so they expect you to contribute a certain amount into that plan you know to get to that lump sum and at the end of it what they then do is they put the full pot um in the united kingdom we are allowed to take out 25 percent of the the full pot you can take out 25 percent of the full pot not paying any tax on it um and then the balance is what goes into this bigger pot and and the bigger pot then gets put into something called an a lifetime annuity and that lifetime annuity is the one that then pays you a a fixed amount every single month you know up to the end of your life okay and because it's your money at the point of death if there's anything still left in the pot then your family will get that money okay um so that's one type of um defined benefit the other one is what we call a defined um contribution and that's where you work out um yes so with that one you put your money into the pot so the first one you decide how much you you want to get paid the second one you just contribute what you can into the pot yeah and then at the point of retirement again you can take out 25 percent of that sum if you live in the united kingdom government allows you to do that tax-free and the balance goes into this big pot and then based on the number of years that you've said you expect to live for you then get you know that money gets split over the period there's a way the um actuaries work out that amount and then it gets worked out and it's like okay we can actually afford to give you 500 pounds every single month you know and then you get that 500 pounds out of that pot every every month and um at the point of death if there's anything still left in that pot then your um family gets it the question then how question is what happens if money runs out so with the annuity doesn't matter you still get the money because they generally tend to do like a life assurance sum um on the side of the annuity so it's like an insurance so if the money runs out then the insurance kicks in and pays or if the, if the money isn't enough um then the insurance kicks in and pays the difference with the defined contribution if the money runs out that's it you know unless of course you take the insurance elements of it and then maybe but i'm not sure again i'm not a financial advisor i'm not sure i mean before there were so many different things that you could do i'm not sure what you can or can't do with those kind of funds anymore but i think if you do have an insurance element then the insurance element kicks in um if the money tends to run out okay 
and um so the go- and then you you have um the employment based pensions so with the with the employment based pension again you can it could either be one where um what you put in is what you get you know or it's a percentage of your salary at the time you leave the employment okay and those used to be good those used to be really good um pensions you know so basically um your your employer might decide okay we would pay you up to 80 percent or maybe 50 percent or 60 percent of whatever your annual salary is at the point where you retire you know irrespective of how much you've contributed into the pension of course when you're contributing into the pension again it's based on the percentage of your salary so in a way it kind of like makes sense um and uh, those used to be really really good pensions but that those stop because again because of what the pension managers did with the fund so a lot of times um the fund was not able to support that because there was bad investment there were losses along the way um it was managed poorly um the owners of the company did not actually invest the pension fund like they said they were going to um they were hoping that they you know they would treat the pension like a salary anyway and because they would have a business there would be a business to continue to pay the pension or maybe they took the pension fund and invested it in something that just went crazy i don't know but we have we have stories of people losing their pension because you know things were not done the way they were meant to be done and even though those kind of pensions were great pensions because at that time they were not really regulated and they were quite risky okay and then you also have state pensions so in the united kingdom we have um state pensions um and the government would pay a certain amount every single week you know to people of retirement age and um, if you don't earn a certain level of of amount they have pension credits as well so they will try and make up the difference so that you're always left with you know you always have a certain amount to get Um, but the government is trying as much as possible to move away from state pension and what they're saying is that um, they now have something they call the stakeholders pension with a stakeholder's pension, everybody investing. So you, the employer, you put in money. Your employer puts in money. The government puts in money. And what they're saying is that if you choose to opt out of, you know, the stakeholder's pension, then they would not be giving you anything extra. Okay? So you just get the whatever it is that you've contributed into your pension fund. Um, and so it's now essentially composite of course you have you can opt out you can opt out if you have your own personal pension so if you you have your own private pension rather you can opt out um if you feel you're not earning enough of course they have a threshold i think it's about twelve thousand. i think it's around about the personal allowance limit where if you're earning below that you don't have to contribute and i think you have the certain age i'm not sure i think i'm not sure if it's 70 or 78 I'll probably confirm that there's a certain age where you don't have to continue to contribute into the pension scheme. So there's some, um, you know, people exemptions for 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 that. So you have you have the you also have um, the state um, 
the state uh, pension, okay? And um, all, and then of course, of there's the there's the um, yeah, there's something called the disability pensions, which I'm not very very um, familiar. I'm not very very familiar with. So essentially what's what is the benefit of a pension so like i like i said in my rant the benefit of a pension is the fact that um at the end of your working years um you don't have to worry about an income because um your pension pays out you know to you however the benefits of each type of pension you know is 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 slightly um different so for example defined benefit plan guarantees a certain amount to be paid to you um at retirement you know um there's a there's a formula in which they used to work out what that amount is um the defined contribution plan also will provide a payout at retirement again depending on the amount you've contributed and the performance of the investment vehicles that were used you know the, the investment vehicle that your the contribution um yeah the contribution you put in there the the the, the, the problem with the defined contribution however is that it's is it's a bit risky okay the of course because of the investment element is a is it's it's quite risky and so um because of the investment element so um the defined benefit one because it's essentially backed by some kind of insurance and because it's essentially money that you've contributed in that you're getting back out is a bit you know it's not as um it's not as risky as uh, uh, the other ones, okay? And then what the government has also done is that <clears throat> um, they've also given us the opportunity um, to, to invest, you know, to, in, in, to invest our, our, our pensions, ourselves okay um they 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 let us choose what we want to invest our our pension in okay um and it's called the it's it's called the self um the self in self-invested pension plan which is a, a what they will call a a sip okay um so basically you you essentially in a way have um you have control so like we said it's your personal pension it's not your employee pension it's not um it's not an employer pension it's not the state pension it's your personal pension and like everything else it's a personal pension it's a long term investment you build up the fund during your 
working life. And yes, the government can contribute, you know, towards it. Okay. The government can, the government, the government can um, contribute towards the pension for you. So when I say government contributes, it's like the tax that it is. So basically, because you're contributing into the pension out of funds that you've already paid tax on, the tax that it's you've paid on that amount you get back so when you're filling in your text and your self-assessment form for example there's a question that would you know where you have where you where you're claiming the different reliefs one of the questions is uh, have you contributed into a pension and part of that question is um did you pay in gross as in is it a kind of fund that was deducted before you pay tax or after so if it's a fund where it was after you pay tax then there's a tick you know against the box and then the the the, the, when you're calculating your taxes the tax that you've paid on that amount that you contributed say you you contribute 500 pounds every month for example um you get um a hundred i think it's 125 pounds back on that amount um yeah so that then reduces your tax liability alternatively you can give your pension provider the permission to claim back um that tax element okay so they will claim they will claim back the tax element for you um yeah so they'll claim back the the the, the tax element for you and then you know that gets added to the fund and it gets added to you know what you um yeah it it gets added to what you then the amount you have available to invest okay so in a way it's 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 tax efficient um you have so it's almost like a savings account um and you can then use um that money you know there's some rules but you can use the money to you know invest in different things so you can you you can you can um invest in stocks and bonds and efts and some assets you know um you know that you know some assets that um generate you know sorry that are approved okay they are they they are approved by the government so not every, so like i said you can't um you can't invest in residential properties for example it has to be commercial property and all of that so there's some rules around that um that obviously in what you can invest so those are the self-investment pension again um with a self-investment pension, you can choose to get someone to manage it for you. So you tell them what you want, you know, the kind of things you want them to invest in and they do it for you. Or you can actually do um, the investment yourselves, okay? You can withdraw from your pension fund when you reach um, the age of, from age 55, even if you're still employed and you can take up to 25% of the fund tax-free 
of course the rest is um taxable so a quick a quick point here a lot of people think oh pensioners don't pay tax that's not necessarily true um pensioners pay tax so because the fund you know when you're contributing into pension um that money the amount you contribute to the pension is deducted from your income before you pay tax number one and if you pay it after um you've paid tax the tax that you've paid gets added back it is assumed that the money that you put into that fund initially was not taxed so the government doesn't tax the, the, the that the money in that fund up front they allow you to take 25 percent of that money out and then anything you take out after that you pay tax at 25 um you pay tax at 25 percent okay and so um in a way it's 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 quite um tax efficient and in my when i was talking in my podcast about um personal allowances um yeah where i think i I titled it should um should do the rich really pay more tax um you know i was I, i i kind of like um suggested i kind of like suggested um that the you can do um, a salary sacrifice so you can you can essentially pay more into your pension fund you know just to reduce the amount of tax that you uh, um, you pay eventually so it's called a, a salary sacrifice of course you need to let HMRC know that that's what you're doing um, and again a sidebar um, you can pay up to I think I'm sure I'm not sure if it's change it's going to change from the next tax year but for current tax year you can pay up to 40,000 pounds into a pension fund and you can go back three years um to build up your pension fund so if you come into a windfall maybe you sell your business or you're doing you decide to do the side hustle and you're earning quite a bit and you want to reduce your 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 tax liability you can actually transfer that money into your pension fund so you end up paying less tax you know in any of those businesses or maybe you 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 decide to come out of the property market and you sold your property and you made a lot of profit um again you can put that money the bulk of it into a self-invested pension fund and use that money to you know you can then take that money and then continue to invest um continue to invest in 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 businesses you know and and all of that yeah it depends it of course it depends on it depends on you and what you want to do so those are um yeah so those are those are um things that you can do um with your with your pension okay yeah so still talking about um self in 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 invested um self-invested uh pensions the same the saves um yeah so yes with sorry trying to get my um my thoughts together so with the sip of course um you the way the, the, the that works is you you uh you still need to go with a pension provider so you set up a, a sip account with a pension provider 
and essentially um they would um charge you like a, a, a fixed fee or the a percentage of the the, the 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 portfolio value and of course if you're investing in um stocks and bonds and shares and all of that um they might have some trading commissions um some trading commissions and all of that so when you decide to if you decide to go with a safe you need to be very very mindful of this and of course in trying to compare who to go with of course some have a better reputation than others but in trying to um consider um which provider to go for it's a very very good idea to just compare you know compare you know the fees that you're paying the commission that's that's being charged on on um on trades that you do you know investing in all those kind of things and um some of them might have tiered fees where um you you know you it's you pay um the first few years or the first few investment the, the fees that you charge is quite low but then if that graduates so when you start doing a lot more as your fund grows you're paying a higher percentage so looking at it on the side of him on the face of him i look oh yeah this is this is a good deal but in the long run it might not necessarily be so so maybe sticking with someone that has a fixed fee is better and usually what i would do in that situation is i'll try and work out you know the different levels so say like i know that okay 10 i'm going to be increasing my fund by say ten thousand every month every year per perhaps and um i'm expecting maybe a 10 percent return on my fund every year and then you just kind of like work out how much those percentages would be and you add it up and then you compare if, you, if you're paying a fixed fee every year how much would that be over 10 years and you know with the increased um amount how much would that be every year and even though the fixed fee might look a bit expensive initially in the long run it might be a better deal again try and work it out um a good um financial advisor would do the calculations for you um and so you should be able to work out what is um you know which one is cheaper for you before you then make a a decision now one other thing about um, financial advisors so there's some financial advisors that are tied to um to some schemes so things like zurich for example and all they sell is or maybe back uh backlist or santander or whatever and all they would do is sell those um organizations pension schemes so they they wouldn't look at the whole of market so again that's something you need to be wary of when you're speaking to a financial advisor it's usually better to go with a financial advisor that has access to the whole of market the reason being that um if you go with a financial advisor who just does for um, a particular provider, now the provider might have a very good reputation, but they they can't do every single variety of pension schemes. The reason being that, of course, is it's, it's a lot of managing of those things and it costs money. But what they try and do is they try and look for the the 
you know what people are looking for and they tend to focus on those ones now we are all individuals and we have different needs and different requirements for example and so if your need is peculiar what your financial advisor would do is try and sell you a product that would closely match your need whereas if it's whole of market is chances of getting um, a pension fund that um, that fits that is a best fit here yeah, that's the word that is a best fit for your need is a lot higher rather than looking for rather than giving you a scheme that best matches your need um, the whole of market gives them the opportunity to get a best fit for your need you know and then there's there's some providers that um because they choose not to be re- regulated by the fc i think that's a, a possibly another point to mention you know most pension funds are regulated by the fca so they have a strict rule that they have to provide the way they do the business the way they give advice and all of that the documents that they need to provide and all of that um, but there's some pension schemes that are outside of the fca and they let you know that they're not regulated by the fca However, they give you a greater flexibility. All, the, all that means really is that if they're regulated by the FCA and something happens to the pension fund, there's, um, you, you can get, you, you can get a refund up to a certain amount. I think it's about 80,000 or 85,000. I'm not sure of the exact amount. But there's compensation so if they mess up your phone because they're regulated by the fc and the fca is really really very very strict about the rules and the fc monitors them and make sure that they follow the rules so because of that um, if anything goes wrong you can get compensated however if they're not within the fca if they're not regulated by the fca if anything happens to your phone you will not get compensated but those schemes give you flexibility you know so they're quite flexible um they allow you do a lot more than you would do by a scheme that is regulated so that's another point you know to bear in mind and the way the way i look at it is you can again i'm not a financial i'm saying this again i'm not a financial advisor i'm not telling you what to do or what not to do all i'm doing is giving you food for thought and maybe sometimes you know discussing what i do personally um but what you might um want to consider is you know it depends on what you want to do like i said some some people are entrepreneurs business-minded um their aim really is to grow a business to a certain level sell it for a big chunk of money and that becomes a retirement fund you know if you're investing in commodities that could be your strategy so you could be buying a bullion for example gold and silver and investing in gold and silver so that by the time you get to retirement age you have a big chunk which you can you can either sell the whole lot or just sell a portion of it you know and leave off the rest and you can again you can you can choose to invest you know the sale of your business proceeds or your bullion proceeds or your asset proceeds in an annuity to then give your monthly income you know or you can just do whatever i mean it depends on you you can do anything you like you understand of course everything has its own risk everything has its own pros and cons so it's up to you it depends on you know how risk adverse you are um and so my own suggestion would be similar to having a term insurance you know for your mortgages look at both you know 
go with the conventional because of the limited but some protection that it offers and then go with the unconventional which has no um, protection but then offers you the opportunity you know to do a lot more and grow and build your pot quick enough and then when you have enough you know when you have enough you can then you know shut down the conventional one you know and invest the unconventional one you know to support you in your retirement age um you can do both you can do one or the other um but more importantly in as much as i have um a big issue with pension i would not suggest that you shouldn't have one it's a very good savings if nothing else it's a very good savings plan um it has a potential of reducing your tax liability um the fact that you can once you hit um 55 you can draw 25 percent of whatever you've put in there um tax free um again is a good thing and what i know a lot of people do with that is they either use it to so for people who have interest only mortgages for example they take out that money and they use it to pay off their their mortgage so they no longer have to worry about you know paying a mortgage some people take out that money and you know buy a business not a very good idea but some people do um they take that money invest some would invest in a franchise you know um some invest you know start their own business you know um and some just you know take that money and have a time of their life so all the things that they've always wanted to do that they never could do travel around the world um some want to you know build you know for for those of us that come from africa for our parents for example they take that money and go and build their house where they intend to retire to you know in whatever the country of origin or in the villages or whatever um yeah you can do anything you like with that money and you know i am a believer in paying yourself first um gone are the days where you work hard and you derive no benefit from your income it makes absolutely no sense you're working for everybody else but for yourself so i'm a believer of paying yourself first and if the only time you can get to pay yourself is when you take 25 percent of your pension fund from when you are 55 then please enjoy your money while you can um to have a good life so um we're going to be looking at a few other things about pension hopefully i'll be able to get someone to talk to us about pensions as well um before we conclude this series on pensions um again if you have any questions message me miss your way one on instagram um listen like share subscribe don't assume people don't need it or it's not relevant to them you know um maybe it's not relevant to them but it could be relevant to someone that they know so please share as much as possible um with as many as possible my name is miss your and this is the money matters podcast